Sisters. R&B Talks. I thought it was. I really did. When I first walked in, I was a little confused, but that's probably because it's just me. <laughs> You're wearing a new hat today. I know I'm wearing a new hat. I'm wearing a new shirt. New shirt, new hat. My I Jesus mean, is King shirt. It's a new you, baby. Dude, you know what? I've decided that I am no longer willing to not be me. <laughs> what everybody's going to get from this oh, point on is yeah, the, most, well. the most authentic version of me that exists, right? Everybody has the deal with people person that they are. I'm not, I put that guy up. <laughs> He's, I retired him. You, you just getting me. I'll say how long? Why did it take you this long? Well, because I work at the, I work at the public, <laughs> and I can be a little edgy and harsh sometimes. And I know, me too, you know, man. And plus, I'm getting older, and quite honestly, I don't want to deal with the BS. So I'm just gonna let me be me, man. I is what I is. Hey, Brian. Hey, Reggie. Taste the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> the goodness of the biscuit. Okay, so I got a question. All right, here it is. All right. If, <laughs> here we're it goes. if we're tasting the biscuit, right? The delicious, fresh baked KFC biscuit. Oh boy. Do you prefer honey sauce or butter? I don't prefer anything from KFC. I, I, I have a hard time believing that at one point or another in your life. No, I, I'm, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if someone gives me a biscuit from KFC, and I am somewhere where that has legit honey and okay. legit butter. Yeah. I will take those. You know, I have a problem. Here's my problem. Honey sauce? Yeah, right. That's exactly what butter I'm saying. Butter spread? Either you don't know what butter does naturally, or you had to make something like butter. Yeah. Right? Like this country was crock. to make. You know, oh, dude, you want to you have a crazy experiment? Melt country crock in a bowl. Have you ever done that? Take a big lump of country crock and put it in a bowl and melt it. Actually, the whole thing about that, uh, why margarine got to be so, um, like, popular and, like, we use a lot and there was, like, all this stuff about it being healthier and the, yeah. the fat thing yeah. was all because it was all food industry said, um, this is waste products we can't do anything with. Yep. How can we use those? And it was like, mm. well, we can put them in like a butter spread type of thing, but no one will eat it. Well, let's just advertise and say it's better for you and the fats are bad and all this stuff. And look, <laughs> let's here, go, here we are. Here we Wee! are. Let's go down the road of history. In the 1960s, they the, the food industry advertised sugar as a diet supplement. A spoonful of sugar. They had a commercial with a really thin lady who had literally a spoonful of sugar and was getting ready to shovel it in her mouth. And it said, sugar, the ultimate diet food. What? <laughs> Honestly, though, anymore, I'm like, yeah, because it's like at least it was real sugar. Yeah. You know, nowadays we got all these like manufactured laboratory, you know, made Fair sweeteners enough. and stuff that cause all kinds of other diseases. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, I don't know. That was pretty funny. So, Fence Apocalypse twenty twenty. We'll call it twenty twenty three because it happened in yeah, twenty twenty three. It's it's it's. I've, I think I've got to the point where I'm. I've got one side of it replaced, and you've had no attempted escapes on the other side. No. So, but here's the, here's the thing. Here's what's funny about this, right? Uh, I guess it was yesterday. I get the Amazon package <clears throat> from my fence. Right, there's yeah. two boxes because I ordered. A few rolls of this stuff. Sweet. Because I need hundreds of feet. Okay. Each roll is 100 foot. So you got a four foot by 100 foot roll. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So that obviously that's going to be like, you know, that big around or something. Yep. Tied tight in there. It comes in a box. It's pretty gigantic. So I see two boxes. I don't. One box looks like a roll of fence. It's like a rectangular long box. I'm like, cool. It's very heavy. This other box was like this long, wide, rectangular box that looked like it could have held like a roll of fencing in it. But like, why was it a different shape than the other one, right? So I look on the box and the box says it's this, this fencing, right? The box does. Got it. So open up the other one. Okay, cool. It's got my fencing in it. Open up this one, and it's a electric handicap medical lift. <laughs> it's not not fencing at all. It's like this. You, you, I'm like, I open it up, and it's like got this. It says electric lift. So it's like for lifting disabled people out of like beds and chairs and stuff, and moving them around. It's got casters on it and all this stuff. Uh huh. And I was just like. What? Like, how do you confuse a, a like medical electric equipment for half inch hardware cloth? And then, like, it's from China, so I'm like, well, okay, well, maybe it's like a toddler was doing this or something, like slave okay. labor kind of crap. Okay. And then I thought, no, it's probably not. It was probably some just somebody didn't give a crap there or whatever. Or the dude on the Amazon truck saw two similar boxes and wasn't paying attention. What it did say, that's what I'm saying on the sticker on the side of it said it was 48 inch, hundred foot hardware cloth. So it had to come from the supplier like that, or the, you know, from China shipped in the container like that. Right. All right. So I'm about to get myself in trouble. Um, have you seen the individual's, that Amazon hires to inspect packages and deliver them. <laughs> yes, we have. I know. I yes, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised you didn't get a baby elephant. But it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not really Amazon's fault. It was like it. Kind of, I mean, you can say like, why didn't? Why wouldn't they realize this large box that, that weighed 12 times more than the yeah, other box? Like, uh, why would that be? You know how? But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But I thought I, I thought okay, so here here's here's a simple task of like putting a sticker of what it is on the side of a box, and you want to get minimum wage up higher and do all this stuff when you can't even put the right sticker on a box. I was like, okay, it's yet another illustration of how stupid this is. This 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 argument <clears throat> is, but yeah, amazing man. Amazing. All right, so Reggie, I had an experience this week, and uh, never had this experience before. This is kind of a different thing for me. And I'm not that guy, right? I'm not the guy that talks about all the exponentially expounding experiences and how I'm <laughs> touched by, you know, the Lord touches me. And I recognize who God is and that he's done miracles in my life and has given me great gifts. But I was driving home from work the other night. And there was a friend of mine who I'd been thinking about. I do work for her, Amanda, her and her family. And uh, I was driving home and something was nagging me right it just i don't know what it was but it was just nagging me like i couldn't i couldn't get it out of my head right and i uh i was driving home and i was like i don't know why but i just kept thinking man i feel like god's trying to tell me something like i'm missing something like something is obvious in front of me and i'm missing it mm. and i'm driving home i'm driving down 150 and it's bugging the it's just bugging the crap out of me, man. Like, I don't know. I can't get it out of my head. I pull into the house. 
I get out of the car, I go open the front door, and as I'm walking through the door, it's like walking into static electricity, like like a jolt. Hmm. And the only thing that I could, the only thought that I could I could form in my mind was to sit down and start praying. And I tried. I was like, "What am I? What?" And and it just kept it just kept rolling forward in my head. Man, you need to pray, and you need to pray for your friend. Something's going on. <clears throat> So me not being one to tell God, no, I sat down and started praying. And then I called Amanda and she said something to me. And and I don't know if this was, had anything to do with any of it, but she goes, Brian, I'm, I said, Amanda, I, I felt like I needed to pray for you. And she says, I've been sitting in my room all day asking for prayer. She goes, I haven't called anybody. I haven't texted anybody. You know, I, I was just asking for prayer. And it was kind of kind of bone chilling a little bit because she was having some struggles that she needed some some prayer for. And I hadn't talked to her. And I yeah. don't know what kind of connection that was or if that was a, you know, a sign. But I just wanted to make sure she was OK, you know, and. I don't know what to make of that, man, like I've been thinking about that all week long, but. but- why, 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 why make anything of it? Just to know that you were touched and you did the work that you were meant to do. Yeah, I mean, it was, but it was kind of freaky, right? Like, I know it's, you, you, it's, it's a verifiable <clears throat> thing that you know that she wasn't speaking to anybody about that. Mm-hmm. You know that you had this heavy feeling come over you of some sort. Yeah. So there was, there had to be something between you and her that initiated an action that you took. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is this is why I think that uh, um, like the whole idea of like there is no God or whatever. There's too many things that happen when when you are into like when you're open to it. Yeah. That happen that signify there's something else. Um. But yeah. Now there, I'm not going to say that's the first time I've ever felt him move in my life. But no, I know what you mean. That was the first time I've ever felt him almost like you need to pray for this person. Like there's been many times where I've I've had the thought of. Hey, you need to call. You haven't talked to this person. I'm not, I wasn't thinking about this person at all. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'd, so I'd bring them up and they're like, and they sound really weird or something. Yeah. Like, you okay? You know, I am now or something. And then yeah. later on, they'd be like, dude, you called and it like, I was really going to about to do something bad. Not, I'm not talking. Not like suicide or no, something, but about to make a bad decision. Whatever the case may be, you right? Know. But but I mean, there's lots of times like that, and there's other people done that for me too. So I mean, you know, that's what it, this is. This is the way it works. Like if you're really, if you're really trying to be in his circle, yeah. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna use you. Yeah, I was. It was really. It was. It was really. You know, I kind of. I don't want to say it was overwhelming because I wasn't really overwhelmed. It was just very, it was a very unique feeling to get a, to, to know that's that I was needed for that specific reason at that specific moment. And that it was strong enough for me to get the signal to go and do it. Right. And I have a lot of people that'll go, Oh, it's just coincidence, which by the way, we will be talking about what is our, what's our subject today, Reg? We're going to talk about the horseshit concepts of luck and coincidence and then the theological 
uh, doctrine of predestination. I like. I, it. I don't know how much we're going to get into predestination. That that is a very heavy long. That is a giant can of worms, though. But <clears throat> we can touch on some stuff. Yeah. So. But you know, I, I I definitely felt like it wasn't a coincidence. I definitely felt like it wasn't luck. I don't wouldn't call it predestination because right? Would you? Could be. Could be. But anyway, just thought I would share that, man. That's that a was a story. that was a super kind of heavy, cool <sighs> moment that I had where I felt like he just kind of reached out and said, "Dude, you, you got work to do. Go do it." And uh, shout out to Amanda and her family because they've been really good uh, friends to me and helpful to my family in ways. And you know, but anyway, all right. So luck and coincidence. Let's talk about that. <clears throat> Which one do you want to start with? You know, before we do that. Ooh, I forgot. We need to hear from our sponsor. Sponsor? Take it away. Okay. Are you a small business or solo entrepreneur looking for more of our presence online? Technology is ever-changing, and with more and more people spending most of their time on screens, it's important to have your brand out and about, getting the most exposure possible. Worried about not having a big budget for website design or social media? At Edwards Managed Technology Computer Consulting, we cater to every business or solar entrepreneur's individual needs to come up with a plan that works for your product and your wallet. Interested in learning about how we can manage your online presence so that you can spend your time doing what you love to do instead? Visit www.emtcc.net to make an appointment or give us a call at 1-888-551-2770. Mention R&B Talks for 10% off your appointment. Remote and on-site options available. And we're back. So look, here's 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 the concept of... Let me ask you the this the simple question about luck. Let's talk let's just let's talk about luck. Sounds good. How would you even define luck, Brian? To prosper or succeed, especially through a chance or good fortune. Okay. Right? Like like you know it's usually used a hero lucks out and is able to escape or you know I, I luckily missed this thing that was could have been detrimental like i don't really believe in luck never really have i believe in preparation i don't believe in luck um but i definitely could see where someone could make the argument they got lucky right as far as you know hey maybe i let me say this let me let me just i'll just put this really clear and and lined out to where there is no misunderstanding about where i stand do with it this. do it bro if you are a christ following bible believing person yeah luck is heretical really it does not exist it is false All right. it, it is it is anti to all right, so you, you just believe. you just made a very strong statement. I did. I need you to back that statement I, up, and, you, and I will do it. I need to understand how luck, and I'm not. I'm not arguing. I just want to know how is luck heretical? Okay, <clears throat> we have this thing called faith. Yes, we we <clears throat> and and faith is a whole other subject we could get into eventually. <clears throat> but the whole idea we have is we have faith in a God who is omnipresent, omniscient, 
all powerful. Every, every, I mean, it's all these things. Okay. okay. He's, he was all, he was in all time everywhere. Knows all at one time. Agreed. Right? It's, it's, it's silly. Agreed. Right? That we cannot comprehend who has created each of us for us for whatever purpose that is. Um, and this gets a little bit into predestination because he's he part of predestination is to say that before the creation of the world, he knew you. Meaning <laughs> he actually, you know, God himself has already seen who you are, what you're going to do, where you end up. He did all that before you even created. OK, OK. All at the same time. Okay. So this is the concept gets really hairy. He's still sovereign over the unit of the whole, all, everything that we know of existence. Yes. Okay. There's nothing that happens without his allowance or action or inaction. Okay. Okay. When you just sit there and say, oh, that was just lucky. You're totally neglecting his work and presence in that very thing. You know, I never thought about it that way, but that's a solid thought. Like, I, I, I get your thought. I am, I am, I'm with your thought on that, dude. I, I can agree wholeheartedly with that. That's actually, dude. Way to lay it out there. So, whack. Yeah, and the same thing with coincidence. It's the same thing. I mean, there's no coincidences. There's, there's nothing that just happens on circumstance. There's no random occurrences. There's no random actions. Everything is systematic. Well, let's define coincidence like if you look at uh, you know webster's dictionary definition of coincidence is a remarkable concurrence or occurrence of events or circumstances without apparent casual or causal connections right but i'll say that i don't believe that i don't believe there's any coincidences i believe that <clears throat> and, and i'll say this openly this is where i personally struggle with predestination i believe that God changes our paths, you know, because, I mean, if you think about who we were, think about who we were when we were young, right? We develop, we make choices, right? I mean, I choose to follow God every day, right? I choose to get up. I choose to believe that he's in control of my life. I choose, just like I choose to make bad choices, right? Um, and I believe that it is through what others would call coincidence, I would call providence, right? God sure. intervening. Yeah. Right. Because well, I mean, let's go back before before I really talk about that. There's one particular thing that I think is important to, because we all grew up, well, people our age anyway grew up or older with superstitious things, throwing salt over your shoulder. Yes. Doing doing <laughs> all, to, to, to. whatever whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, because of those are paganistic ideas come from. Mm like traditions that need to go away. So there's that too. Okay. Okay. So those have to do with the same thing. It's all about luck and, you know, whatever. It's really not, it's not anything that a, a Christian person should partake in. Well, again, I've never particularly believed in luck. I don't. I know. Really. But I'm saying that you know. we, we still find that a lot though. People who are in the church or doing this or that, and they'll still do all these weird you know, superstitious things. Well, superstition is, is don't, BS. Don't walk under a ladder. And I mean, you know, it's, yeah, black cats black and all cats this nonsense. And all that garbage. No, I mean, it's, it's no, it's, it is garbage. Um, utter, yeah. 
garbage. I had to say that at least one time. Garbage. Yes. Thank you, sir. Um, so tell me this. Um, okay, so I'm going to get into this a little early just because I need to kind of, this all kind of coincides right for me. Like coincidence, luck, predestination. Ex- explain as best you can without going way down the rabbit hole. What is predestination? Uh, let me let me look here because I had I had a couple things that I can define it, but I think the there's a couple couple concepts that have that are to do with predestination, and in and typically in the theological circles, when somebody says predestination, they think immediately of Calvinism, and that Calvinism is really a um a following of a guy named John Calvin lived a long time ago, who was a brilliant, actually really brilliant um, scholar and theologian himself, but he had some particular things that people who follow him do. So, but, but anyway, so um, part of the, and there's some different, different confessions of faith that have been brought about. So the Westminster confession of faith says that predestination is freely and unchangeably ordained whatsoever comes to pass. That is kind of unconditional election part of the predestination. And then you have another part of it called reprobation. And that is God appointed the eternal destiny of some to salvation by grace while, uh, while leaving the remainder to receive eternal damnation for all their sins, even the original sin. So that's, reprobation okay so uh, predestination simply simply means and there's two things that he has set a path for everyone that is going to be followed and and kind of like you're you're he and he created you with this and he knew he knows what choices you're going to make along the path and so you were created for this particular journey you're on Righto, but it's, but you can get really um, hung up on some of this stuff and get into like a fatalistic mindset, meaning that you think you have there's no point or there's no sense in doing X Y Z because it's already it's already written into what I'm going to do. But this is where it gets really hairy, and this is like theologically people have long and books arguments rebuttals and everything else about predestination and preordination and um <laughs> all these things are concepts that are that are that are debated a lot and how what they apply to I, I but I and so I really don't want to get into like the nut and bolts of like uh, who's right and wrong and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was, I just wanted to kind of a yeah, kind of a so precursor. I can tell definition. you what because I mean here's here's and I'll be honest here's where I'm at. I I don't know where I sit with the predestination concept. Like I I I still believe in free will. I still believe that I I, I don't control necessarily anything, but um. I, I I do think that God knew me before he created me, knew who I was, what I was going to do and all that kind of stuff. But as far as like a, a really deep dive into that, it, it, it and I've read all kinds of Calvinism. I've read all kinds of Armenianism. I've Not read to jump of, off subject, but doesn't, don't Calvin, isn't Calvinism say that there are only so many people that 
are going to I don't, re- some, think, I don't recall that being a Calvinistic Am I wrong? thing. I might be wrong, but I could have swore I read that somewhere. I don't know. I don't recall that. There, there's the book of uh, Latter uh, the uh, Latter Day Saints or the Mormons do. Yeah. But anyway, so where I sit with this, <laughs> um, I think that God created me, knew what I was going to do, knew what choices I was going to make, knew where I was going to go. Before he created me. Does that mean I don't make choices of my own? No. Um, It means that he knew already what I was going to choose. Do I need, is there a point to me doing things for changing myself, doing that? Yeah, because those are built into what he designed me for, right? Absolutely. So, so for me, it's like, um, I just look at it as like another another way to illustrate the um, omnipresent omniscience of who God is, is that just basically like he already had all this stuff mapped out and planned and before I was even a twinkle, you know? Well, where I stand with it is simple. Uh, I stand where the Great Commission puts me, right? Talk to others, be a light, take care of the people around you. Honestly, whether God has decided where I'm going to go and I'm just going through the motions or whether it's a free form performance and I'm just I'm just muddling my way through it at this point, I'm not concerned with either one of them. It's it's I got to get up and do the things I know are right to do. I got to say the things I know are, are right in my heart and in anything outside of that, man, it's just it's not my concern, right? Like I don't really have the time to sit around and worry about whether, Oh, did you, yeah. You know, or did you, do you think that God sent you this? And no, I, dude, it doesn't matter. Um, my life is a gift. I'm not promised tomorrow. I do the best I can. Um, and let all of the chips fall where they may. Right. Like it's, it's just a matter of, you know, I, and I used to, man, when, when I first became a Christian, I used to get tied up in predestination and are you a pre-trib or post-trib or are you a <laughs> old world or new world or, and all that stuff was just distractions, man. Really, at the end of the day, it's nothing wrong with the discussion, right? If you want to have a, a, a debate or a discussion about different aspects of Christianity and what different people kind of believe and I mean, you can get into offshoots of Christianity and talk for a year. Every day, what university? Yeah, that's what you know. Seminary and all the stuff. I know, but for for me, um, be a sinner because that's what I am. Um, Love people, make peace with myself as and my nature, and and do the best I can to live in what He tells me to do. Right, I, I and when I say be a sinner, I don't mean I go out and sin. But accept what I am, right? Like a lot of people I find have this this tear in their life where they they have this inert battle that goes on between sin nature and what they believe that they should be every day. God says we we were born into sin, right? We weren't none of us were born into perfection. Right? So we were born into sin. So to to create a dichotomy within yourself that says I'm going to be at war with myself is useless. Accept your nature, accept how God created you, 
and then work within the 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 tools and and the and the bounds that God gave you and move forward. So yeah, but here here's the hang up people have. Okay, so so predestination being that before the creation of the world God um decided everybody's destiny. Um any all the angels, all the human beings, everything. He decided mm-hmm. where they were going to go. Yeah. Right? When he created them. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 so that really becomes like, well, why would he create anybody that would end up eternally damnation? You know, why would he do that? There there's no answer to that question, except that I would say, um A, I don't have the right to to like debate God's will or his plan or whatever. I mean, I don't, cause I don't even understand the, I mean, no one does. No one understands God in a full sense of the word. We know some of his character. We know some of the things that we're told, but mm-hmm. we don't. The other thing is that the question is not so much. And this is, this was actually said on one of the sources I'll put down here. Um, and I agree. This is like it's not so much like why would he choose some people to be um, to not be saved, but it's like why didn't he just why why didn't he condemn all of us? I mean, if we're all if we all have done stuff, we're all sinful. Why did he not condemn all of us? Well, I mean, there's that's the really question, the, right? The, the thing about it, the thing I think about that is is. Okay, so this is a, this is an argument that I hear a lot, and that I try not to involve myself in. And is this exactly what you said? If if your God hates sinners, then you're all condemned. Well, that would negate the sacrifice of His Son. Sure. And and this is where you have to explain. You know, a lot of people hear, "I'm washed in the blood of Jesus." You know, and they don't understand what the purpose of that being is. Right? Like God can't look upon sin. So we were washed in the blood of his son so that when he looks on us, he sees his son, right? That's really essentially what that is. Well, here, here I'll, I'll go back because really that, the whole thing about blood and innocence being sacrificed goes all the way back to Genesis and creation. Absolutely. When, when Adam and Eve in the story said, you know, they, they did what they weren't supposed to do. They were, uh, they tried to clothe themselves, but were not, they were not effectual with that. Right. Yes, for sure. They didn't do that correctly. That's right. It was not sufficient. It did not work. No. So what's God do? He makes, he actually takes an animal, kills this animal, gives them the skins to adequately cover themselves. Yes. So that they can cover their shame. This is straight up foretelling. Question. Do you know the art that they have where they show Adam in the garden and he's got like the leaf? Do you think that was kind of a depiction of their attempt to cover themselves? Probably. I mean, it's a fig leaf. You ever seen yeah. a fig leaf? It's not going to do too much. Yeah. I mean, it's going to look like you yeah. are popping off from under a fig leaf. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know, man. That's just pretty. It's pretty not, not going to work. Mm. But yeah, I mean, that straight up foretells the sacrifice that's going to be needed when when he sends his son Jesus yeah. to to fulfill all that. Yeah. So I mean, you know, there's there's because there's people don't you, you have to comprehend that if if God is completely sinless 
and there's no evil or anything. It's pure, unadulterated love, goodness. Then any amount whatsoever is a huge deal, right? You can't be in the presence of God, like in his kingdom, because that would have, that it, it just can't happen. I mean, you know, it's, it violates who he is. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, you can't just go, well, I only did this, you know, I only did this one thing, mm-hmm. well, but that one, <laughs> you've just tarnished, you know, the, the, the typical uh, preacher illustration that I see all the time is a white wedding dress and somebody puts a little dot right in the middle of it with, a, with like a marker or something and, and you can marker. clearly see it. Yeah. It's like, it's not even, it's just this little tiny mark, but it's like, it's right there. It's, you cannot avoid it. It's there. <laughs> so it's like, that's the illustration that they give a lot. But anyway, I guess I'll just say, so, so getting back to the point, I, I, I truly think that it's not, we as human beings cannot change or seek him the correct way without having some kind of rebuttal or mechanism to help us get there, right? To have a difference of opinion somewhere in order to cause us to look deeper into stuff. Mm-hmm. So even when, when, when people say like, why would he create people that would never accept him and that it would end up being an internal that eternal damnation for for one the concept of hell is probably not the same you know what we have and there's a lot of like fanciful things about hell and all this stuff i i don't know i don't know what to make of that but it's certainly it it doesn't necessarily have to be like torture forever you know what i mean it but it does what is clear that is the absence of him so it's it's the absence of love and good Is this, you know, well, it's funny that you say that because that's another big kind of like, you know, argument that I hear amongst Christians and I've never really weighed in on it because I've, I study it and I've read about it and that's, you know, you're going to be cast into a lake of fire. Okay. But what does that actually mean? Right. Are we going to be tormented and tortured for the rest of our existence? Or does it literally simply mean the absence of God and the exacerbation of feeling that God-shaped hole in our lives, love, forgiveness, all those things being gone from us, right? Um, If you're taking it at the literal sense, now you're going to be burning in a lake of fire. See, that's what I mean. Like, I think you'd want to avoid it no matter which one of those it yeah, is, right? For sure. I mean, come on. Right, but 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 the whole the whole thing is that how how I can kind of wrap my head around the concept of why you'd have one person be foreordained to be saved, one not to. The one that's not to is serving a purpose of to push or rub or do something to someone else to get them to be saved. Because I think when we're talking about humans, we don't – I kind of said this to my wife and I forgot what – because I actually said it better than what I'm saying it now. But uh, we we need that those people who don't understand, who will not understand, to allow us to be able to understand. 
We need those people who don't believe, who won't believe in order for us to be able to believe. That friction between those two things helps us move towards a way to better understand and believe what he wants us to believe. Because we are stubborn, control freak, egotistical maniacs. Yes. So let me ask a question. Yeah. And I have, I can already hear the argument. All right. So what you're telling me is God condemns people as tools to save people. What kind of God would do that? I can already hear the argument, right? Like, yeah, but it's like, but again, we're, 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 and also, I don't believe that. I'm just post, I'm just postulating the question so that you can, but again, we're all, we're all meant to be condemned. This is where I go every, t- I mean, like, look, we're, I'm not, I'm not any better than anybody who, who doesn't choose to follow. For all you and I know, we're, we may be one of those people. Well, you know what I mean? I, like, I, I know I'm not. <laughs> okay. Well, how do you know that? Because, because I'm sure the person that, that is condemned to it probably doesn't know it. No, they probably don't. But, but that's, that's the thing when you, I think when you actually make a concerted effort to be, to live it, there's a sense that you get that you, that I think I have, I, I have, a, I don't have a confliction about where I'm going to go, I guess. Well, I don't, I don't either, but I'm, I'm just thinking like, you know, I, I can hear the arguments now. Like I can, right. I can already hear them. Like, like yeah. they're already running through my head. There's because, a lot of them, but again, th- this is, these, these are subjects that go way deep into things that really don't. So I want to say this predestination does like where, wherever you lie on the whole doctrine of predestination, it, it doesn't really mean that you, that you're with the gospel or not. Yeah. I mean, it is a doctrine that I think is important to theology, theology, but like the the concept of the gospel and who Jesus is and what he did and how you approach that, Mm -hmm. that's the central theme of things. Well, and and honestly, if you're looking at it, if you're looking at the concept of predestination or the concept of new or old earth or the concept of pre-trib or post-trib, they're all really discussion points, right? Because they're not really, if you're doing the things that you're called to do, what does it actually matter at this point? Right? Like if you're doing what you're called to do and your sticking point is, well, I think it's post trib. Well, okay. I I don't, I I don't care. I I think it's God calls me to do something. I got to do it. If I don't do it, I'm going to have to answer for it. Um, so I better do it. <laughs> but like, I mean, it's just, it's just, why would anybody expect someone to completely understand every aspect of an infinite, all knowing, all powerful being that is supposed to be outside of reality? How, if we knew everything about that or what everything, then would he really be that different than we are? You know what I mean? Not really. Like we, he has to be incomprehensible in order to be what he's supposed to be. Yeah. In in some ways, like he's eliminated some of his character. But, dude, if we think that that's all he is, is what he's eliminated, then we are far from being correct on that. Matter, well, it's kind of you know? like, you know, people all the time is like, well, what do you think that God thinks? Dude, I have no idea. I can't think in the past, the present and the future. I can't see time infinitum. Right. I don't have that ability. 
right? Like, so, you know, it's so funny because they'll go, well, if you, if you believe in him and you follow him, then you should know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's thinking anymore. I know what my neighbor's thinking. I'm just, I'm just receiving information and pushing forward. Right. So, you know, I mean, look at any religion. Did, does a Buddhist know what Buddha was thinking? No, they know the teachings just like we know our teachings, right? It's, and, and here's the thing that I think that troubles me about all these things, coincidence, luck, predestination, providence, whatever you want to call it. I think the tool that the devil uses is to get people stuck in these concepts. Yeah. Right? Let's, let's not re, let's not forget that he knows the scriptures better than you do. Yeah. So he wants to get you stuck in these concepts and, 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 and let me be clear, getting stuck in a concept is different than sitting with someone and having an open conversation well, in yeah. that conversation, but getting you stuck in these concepts that distract you from what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, getting you stuck in these concepts of, of disagreement instead of looking at the, the bigger picture and the purpose of what our faith draws us to do. Right. So, the the one thing I would warn people about with this <clears throat> is when you get hung up in things that are, I'll say argumentative because I can't think of a better word right now to use. Instead of getting hum, hung up in the call, you're going to get in trouble, right? I mean, if you want to go to a minister or you want to go to somebody in a, th- a theological seminary and you want to have these conversations or with you, like you, Reggie, you're you're in the, the theolo- theological school now. And I'm able to talk to these things about you on a more educated level where, where the conversation is not based on my own will to want to know. It's more on an educational basis. That's fine. But when you're just bogged down in... <laughs> You know, well, if it doesn't allow you to be able to follow a path that is clearly how he's set for you, then yeah, you're you've got yourself a little too twisted up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like it's um, it's it's like uh, one of the one of the really great apologists that we have in the, our current time is William Lane Craig, but he has some different views about creation than some people do. Um. And so it, it, you've you've had this argument and and like really weird, I'd say from a Christian perspective, how you should talk publicly about somebody through some interchanges that that's gone on. It's been weird, and not that he's, I'm not saying he's doing this, but like there's been, it's just odd how people can get so wrapped up around concepts and in stuff that that. It does. I won't say it doesn't matter. I'm just going to say that, like, if it it will push people away and cause like a a, a, a rub, and I'd say an irritation mm-hmm. to to like some of the gospel, and and then it's there's stuff like that that just drives me nuts. Like, um, when you see an uh, an um a, a theist versus an ant. Uh, atheist and you see those debates you know sometimes they get a little weird but when they're both doing it well they're both respectful about each other and they're both trying to just make their points it's actually really cool you know yeah but it's easy for people to get lost 
in some minute detail that really doesn't equate to that much of an importance and end up detracting from the main course, which for Christianity is Christ at the center. Yeah. And I would say that's probably, I would dare say that's probably the most common hang up is, is exactly what you said. Right. Okay. So here's a question. Can, can luck and coincidence, or I'm sorry, can predestination be confused with luck and coincidence? Sure can. Okay. Because it's something that you don't understand. You So we we have a control complex. Mm-hmm. Human beings, we want to have control over ourselves, our lives, and everything else. That and is if, show. Yeah, and if something happens that is not explained by something you did or whatever, um, it's easy to just throw out and say, well, that's just lucky or that's a coincidence or something like that. But in reality, it's not. It's there's a There was a purpose for that to happen. There was pieces that had to be put together not just now, but prior to now in order to make what happened happened. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like it, when, mm-hmm. when you say, when you look at who you are, well, you couldn't exist who you are without your parents, without their parents, without their parents, without, you know, and it, that tree goes on for many millennia. Mm-hmm. Think of how many people had to be exactly who they are, had to find exactly who their partner was in order to bring you about Mm -hmm. exactly right. Those are pieces that of a puzzle that God already sorted out. Yeah. Now you you are the corners on the thousand piece puzzle. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. You, you, there's so many different, (laughs) like that's, that's, that's a miracle in itself. But I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't look, look, I don't, I don't look bad on people who's, who aren't Christian who say that was lucky or no, whatever. But if you are a Christian, I would just encourage the, the discontinue of that kind of thing. Cause you're, you are disavowing what God is doing in your life. You see, I learned something today, you know, I never really believed in luck or coincidence, but I never really looked at it from the aspect of it being heretical, right? Like I think a lot of times we throw phrases out just because they're common. Uh, I was lucky, but really if we believe that he is intervening in our life on a daily basis on our behalf, uh, there is no luck. There is no coincidence. There is only God's plan. Yes. Right. So, and that's where I think that's where I get stuck with like, other religions who put people as a conduit to God, right? Okay. Um, anywhere from like, you know, this is kind of an extreme example, but Koresh in the Branch Davidian, somehow they came to believe that Koresh was Jesus. Um, if you look at, I mean, I don't. I don't mean to pick on Catholicism because I don't really have a problem with Catholics in the general sense, but that there are popes and cardinals that have to carry my sins forward. Well, that negates my relationship, and and I'm not okay with that. I want my relationship with God is my personal relationship with God, and and this is something that Julie and I struggled with when we first started really going to church. Is you know she would tell me things about things that were going on with her, and 
a lot of times the only answer I could give her is, is, is baby, your, your relationship with God is your relationship. So you need to take that to him. You don't take it to him, like take it directly to him. Right. Like, um, and that's where I think we struggle. I struggle a lot of times is because you have these people, you know, I think our sin nature makes us believe that somehow we can, we can deliver other people. Right. Yeah. It's not us at all. And it's not us at all. You know, the hardest, hardest thing I had to come to grips with in my entire faith walk was that I ain't saving nobody. Right. I ain't saving anybody. Now, can I talk to someone? Can I have a conversation with someone? Can I love on someone? Can I be there in their life as an example? Absolutely. Can I save you? No, sir, ma'am. It's not in your wheelhouse. It isn't. It isn't something Stay that I'm capable lane. of doing. And I think this is also one of the big reasons why people pick on us as Christians in the sense of, you know, they get stuck in the minutia, right? Like they're the ones that I think the devil got the hold, right? They get stuck in the minutia and they assume that because of that minutia that we're hypocritical and that we do not love everyone. And I think that's, that's a big misconception is that because someone does something we don't agree with or isn't within our belief structure that somehow we look down on or dislike or don't love or understand or want to be around them when in actuality we're people just like everybody else, man, we're just trying to live in this world and do what we're supposed to do. And, you know, kind of shine a light, man. My job is to love everyone and to tend to, and to be there for people and to listen to them and, you know, be an example of what it's like to just be an unjudgmental loving individual who wants the best for them. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's what I really wish people could understand. Cause right now our faith is under massive attack. Yeah. But like, it's always, look, we've, we've had periods of time throughout history where most of the time we've been under attack. It, it really, we're just, we're just, the Western cultures is catching up to the, you know, to rest of history. Yeah. <laughs> as far as us being under attack goes. I mean, that's, that's what I, I mean, the, the thing, the thing is like, whatever, wherever you're at, it's, it's not really about who, who does what or who controls what or who does this. Just, it's just not about you. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It doesn't have to be about you. Jesus took what you couldn't do and did what you couldn't do. Yeah. He's where it goes. Yeah. By saying, okay, I want to, I want that. I want, I'm, I'm fully, I accept his, I accept grace. I accept that forgiveness and mercy can come through following Jesus. And through that, I am going to be cleansed and, and, you know, I'll be sanctified and in the process of being sanctified at the same time and all those things, man, there's just, there's like, there's a lot of concepts, but I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be more concise to this, but it's a little difficult to do that, but God has a plan. I mean, he, there, you, you can look at how nature works, how the universe works, how systematic things are. Like there's purpose for it's like, there. how could you say 
there is like these random occurrences when everything has like the laws of physics we have today that we can see the laws of nature and all this kind of things. There's, there's ways things work period. So if the universe has ways to work, he has ways he works. He has plans. He has systematic things. And those, those things go far beyond what you can imagine. It doesn't matter how smart you are. You're never going to get there. So whether you're talking predestination, luck, coincidences, um, you know, providence, whatever the hell that is. I mean, look, you don't know. We don't know. You're not going to know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can just, you can just assume though, that if you ain't following that path, you won't know. No, no. And if you're not studying and learning the word and, you know, it, and if you're wrestling with a topic, this is this is the beauty of what you just said about <clears throat> we being able to go to him. If you have struggled with something, that's what we do. You take it to him. God, I'm so struggling with this. I come to you in extreme humility and ignorance that I just am just really, and I need help. Show me the way. And I'll bet he either he'll put somebody in your path that causes you to really, mm-hmm. and then it's not going to happen the way you necessarily you want it to happen, by the way. That's not how that's it's usually not. Cause you don't know what you need, <laughs> but he does. And that's what I'm saying. Look, we're all created with a purpose and that it is a glorious purpose, whatever that case may be. And we still have choices. We got to make each and every day. For sure. For so sure. whether or not you fully get on board absolute predestination, unconditional election or uh, uh, reprobation and what, what, whatever. You just said unconditional election. I did. You threw a term out there that we ain't even talked about. Yes, we you got did. me all confused. The, 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 um, hold on. I had it in my notes. The f- freely and unchangeably ordained whatsoever comes to pass. In other words, Unconditional or, or uh, election, meaning that God has said you are elected to be in his kingdom. You will be saved unconditionally. Boom. There you are. I'm unconditionally elected. That sounds like four some kind or, of. Yeah. Another word they throw out there. Four or four ordained. Four ordained. Yeah. These are all concepts that. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. And here's the thing. I just want to. You know how much I've read about this crap? I mean, like. Dude, look at over here. The. Dude, have you looked at the stack of books? Well, that's just how is your brain not? That's not, not even pudding. But that's not even that's not even anything, dude. You know my Logos software that I have. Like I have this like platinum package or whatever, so I get like all these commentaries and like volumes of this and that and all this stuff. And then of course I have Kindle. I have hundreds of books in Kindle under my Christian apologetics library. Um, <clears throat> Hundreds of books, dude. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What drew you to the apologetics part? Because I like to argue, bro. You do. You 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 do. Like I should have been a lawyer. Like I, I, no, because yeah. you would have choked some. No, I mean I, I'm telling you, I would have. Was a, I, I just that's just. I would have loved to have gotten in the minutia of all that crap and just been like, I'm. I can do this better than you can, kind of crap. And I I have the ego to be a an attorney that would be you know, massively successful. <laughs> I'll admit, I'll admit to that, but yeah, that's, that's really it. Just because, um, well, there's two things. Let me, let me point this out. 
I actually really love science. I've always been like, I've always been interested in science. Um, had music not been a thing, I would have went into an engineering field of some sort when I was in school. Yeah. But music kind of trumped everything and screwed me up. But thankfully it did because now I'm here, you know. But um, so, so apologetics and how that works is that you, there's a lot of scientific stuff in apologetics because you're, lear- you, you really need to understand some of the scientific vernacular in order to better, uh, you know, better defend the faith, to be honest. Is it wrong? <laughs> okay. Is it wrong that I feel no desire? And I don't mean this in a smug way. I mean this in a, I'm kind of at peace with my faith. But when someone challenges my faith, I don't really feel the desire. I'll answer questions. I'll respond. But I don't ever feel like I need to engage on an apologetics level conversation because I feel like plant a seed, move on, right? Like get it, get to the next person. Like I've had people that, are just flat out aggressive. Right. And I just don't feel it's not that I don't feel like they can challenge me. I just don't feel like, look, dude, I believe what I believe. I'm confident that Jesus is the Christ and son of the living God. I believe I'm saved. I believe that God reigns. I believe that the Holy spirit moves. Uh, and I don't need to defend that to you. Yeah. Like in, and, and, I will definitely have a conversation with you, but when you get to the point where you begin to either get agitated and irate or attempting to, or start attempting to accost my faith, I'm just going to move on. Like, I don't, I'm not going to give you that kind of power. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, and there's nothing wrong that's, with that's that. not to negate like apologetics and, and, the, no. and defending the faith, but I don't ever, I've never, ever since I was saved, I've never felt a, I've one never been afraid to tell anybody what I believe. My confession of faith to is mine and, and I'm okay with it. But number two, I've never felt this need or I've never felt this desire to want to stand in the in the in the stand in the fire and go back and forth with somebody. Well, keep in mind, this is also me who is a very skeptical intellectual person. But I also, to your credit, I believe there are people that are gifted for that. And I believe that you are a very gift. You are gifted with the ability, Reggie, to be very educated in your responses and, and maybe lay down some things that, Maybe a guy like me can't lay down. Like, I, I like to think that I'm informed and that I study and that I read up and that I'm always trying to be there. But you are a very, you enjoy in depth, right? Like, you enjoy deep dive. Yeah, I get upset when it's not. Yeah. So for me, there's certain things I enjoy the deep dive. But for me, I don't know if it's that God, one of the gifts that he gave me when I was saved was, hey, man. You're good, right? Do the do the job. And that I've never felt that, or maybe that's you know, spiritual gift, right? Like Man, I I really would say that 
Okay, let me let me I'll, I'll I'll get there in a minute. Let me just say this. Apologetics is a lot for me too. Because I am that guy who w- wants to dig into the minute details of things and like, you know, I mean like I had questions about like the quantum uh physics about like how quirks and all this stuff and how can that really relate to how does God work and that's just you know, all that stuff. I mean, look, that's those are questions that really don't matter to the gospel at all. You know, I mean, it's, it's interesting to me um, being able to look at philosophy uh, from like Sartre or something or, um, you know, um, Bernard Shaw and stuff like that and like read through that and then like be able to do a comparative to that philosophical thinking to a Christian theological thinking. I mean, you don't have to do that. You know, the, no one has there, that. That's like, it's not necessary, but there are people who, and this is also ego. Like, I mean, my brain just wants to work in that fashion. Like it just looks at things that way. Well. Um, cause I, and I, and the other part that is way different from me to you though, is that I'm a f- ferocious reader. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't ever not read. Like I read all the time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly reading stuff. Well, stuff. I'm, cha- I'm changing that, man. Like well, I'm, I know. I'm really like, man. Like I've read a lot in the last year and a half. Like I, like I was, I was a pretty ferocious reader when I was a kid and in my early twenties. Yeah. And then for some reason, and I can't, if you ask me to track back why I lost it, I couldn't tell you, but. In the last year, like I told you, in the last year and a half, two years, I've been in this cycle of education and growing. And, man, I've been reading a lot, right? But a lot of what I read is um, I want to know other people's thought processes, right? Um, the reason why I, I read Jordan Peterson's books and I read the things that I read and, like, I read, you know, The Body Keeps Score, book about trauma, um, is not because <clears> – <throat> Not necessarily because I want to be able to use that information in a debate, but for me, it's understanding, right? Yeah. It's understanding other people's standpoints, right? So, but one of the things I've always admired about you, man, is when you commit to something, <laughs> dude, it is 106,000%. Um, like yeah. you're like, like, you know, that's why I always loved watching you play drums because when you were playing, the only thing on the planet was the drum kit in front of you. That's it. And it was magic to watch you play. Yeah. Like you would just, and you could see you were lost in that drum kit. Like there was nobody that was going to pull you out of that drum kit till you were ready to get out of it. Oh yeah. Right. So that's just something like, like legit. Like I've always been, if somebody goes, Hey man, Reggie got oh, dude, better watch out. Reggie gets in, he's in. Like he ain't getting out. You know, the thing is, it's like, I, I've, I've really learned that I have a, almost like a superpower to be able to focus, like a, a very, very fine tuned focus for a, a, a time period. Yeah. So even with my schoolwork and stuff, um, I know that I've got like maybe two, three hours where I can, I can just, I'll just be like freaking dialed right in and I'll get a massive amount done in whatever I'm doing. Go beyond that, though. Forget it. I'm just going to be like floundering. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with drums and stuff. It's always been that way. Where I could, I can, I can take a time period. But hey, hey, getting back to this, though, 
God made me this way. He designed yeah. me before he created the world, designed me this way yeah. to be interested in what I'm interested in, for, for my brain to work the way it does, for my intellect to connect the dots the way it does for a purpose, right? Yeah. Everybody has these purposes. Cause, and also, too, I'm not speaking here on this podcast in like, like you would hear somebody at, um, if you went to hear a, a lecture at a college or something. Yeah. Because that's not, I, I don't think that's where I'm, I think I probably could do that eventually if I wanted to, but I like taking topics that are complex or that are a certain way and then bringing that down to a level where you don't need a master's degree to understand it. Yeah. I think that's part of what this whole thing we're doing yeah. is about. I right? mean, so, so, so when we talk about stuff like this, I mean, predestination luck or whatever, it's, it's. It's difficult to like formulate that stuff and to dial it down sometimes because of how how deep in the weeds you can get. And like well, and we're I saying that we don't need to. And I think that's part of my frustration in discussions with people is I would love to sit down and talk with people that are that are different thinking from me. But the problem I've always found is when you when you when you get into conversations and you get into discussions you know, um, an example I'll use is, um, I got, I, I used to work with a guy that was Mormon and the conversations would always start off very light and discussion. But the moment that I would challenge anything because I wanted to know, because I wanted to push to find out like a deeper answer, there was a lot of frustration and aggravation that would happen because the challenge was there. And it wasn't like me being like, well, I want to know. Blah, 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 right. It was just like, Hey, well, you say this is true, right? Well, if this is true and in, in the, and the Bible says this, why are they contradictory? Yeah. There would be a very aggressive moment where the conversation would end. And I would always walk away frustrated because to me, it was a natural progression of the conversation. Right. So the so, thing the thing is about that because everybody gets when we don't understand something this goes back to the control problem yeah right? not understanding something is not having control yeah when we are challenged and that control part is challenged by that it's a switch that's thrown it's almost, it's a defensive measure so I think where you it's difficult to have conversations with people who aren't used to having conversations like that. Yeah. I mean, it is something that you have to practice. Yeah. Like even if, it, um, I think this goes back to what I was saying earlier about debates and stuff. Like when you see people who are good at it, um, they don't let themselves get a really emotional or attached and like explode or something sometimes. But I mean, most of the time the good ones don't. And, we've lost that sense of conversation and having um, good discussions, critical thinking about things. Yeah. It's a, it's a, there, there is a, there's a, there's a skill set there that when you, if somebody doesn't have it and they're challenged by something, they don't know it, they'll, they will, they, they will get angry. It'll, it'll, well, th and, that's and how it'll there's work. nothing to me that feels better than being in an intellectual conversation with someone that, that may end still in total disagreement, but we shake hands and walk away from that conversation 
better informed people. Right. Right. I mean, it's the same thing with the political atmosphere, dude. What it, you used to be able to, at some point, be able to sit down with people who had different ideas and you could talk things through or at least share what you're at. But used to be is a very good phrase. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't do that anymore. Nobody, nobody even will will allow it. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't even can't even approach it anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why I think it's really silly. But anyway. so so anyway, getting back to this, look, I, I just think if if luck is really just a, a <laughs> it's a concept to explain something that you don't have control over. Or that you don't understand. That you don't understand, and and I think that a lot of thing, a lot. Um, when I was looking stuff up to see like what what what, uh, like mainstream psychology or psychotherapy kind of stuff would would say about luck, and uh, and it really like you you can you find all kinds of different perspectives, but the, um, a a lot of commonality I found was in like it's a you manifest your own luck. <laughs> kind of stuff you know so I, I don't know but it, there's a lot to it but i just just for the christ followers out there there's no such thing it's heretical you you have faith you have a god who has a plan for you and it's working in your life and you should just have faith and that faith mm-hmm. involves letting him work and look allowing these things that you don't understand and just accept them and move on there so that's, that's show. It. predestination we you know uh the, i might put some texts in the bottom that I would recommend as far as like Calvinism goes versus other things but I don't know if I will because they're 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 very heavy reading well but you got me super curious about Calvinism too now I'm gonna have to read up on Calvinism yeah just John Calvin man I mean there's lots he, he was prolific so yeah I think we're good brother alright as always like dislike comment debate let us know if you want to talk we're willing to talk appreciate you I'm Brian I'm Reggie two guys two mics have a good night see ya